Hey, everybody, and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of 90s Horror Films. And why did I pause for a second? Because for a second, I saw Michael McGlenn, who's our co-host today, or a special guest today. And he's our he's my co-host for Horror Film Lovers. So, uh, of course, I had to, to ask him. But we've got also my co-host here, Maddie Deering. How you doing, Maddie? Good. How are you? Good. And Michael McGlynn, how are you doing? Oh, I'm awesome, man. How y'all doing? Great. Great. Yes, and I'm Jonathan Moody, uh, your host for the evening. And uh, I had decided because um, there's there's a couple of reasons. First of all, I just bought this from Synapse, and I wanted to watch it again. I hadn't seen it in years. In fact, it's almost like watching it, like, you know, since I had not seen it in so long, it was almost like, I mean, I remember bits and pieces of it, but I forgot like so much of this movie. And I'm very glad I was almost like watching it again for the first time, which was nice. Um, but it's the movie Popcorn, um, a movie directed by Mark Herrera. Her- I'm going to say that's how you say his name. And he <clears throat> he's uh, Billy from Porky's and he directed this film. Uh, but he was not the first director of this film. Did you guys know that? Oh no! Who was the first director? Uh, did you know that, uh, Maddie? Aren't there two? Di- I remembered seeing there were two directors, but I didn't know if there was a first or whatever. No. Okay, so the first director was Alan Owensby. I think is how you say his name. Ormsby. Alan Ormsby. Um, Alan Ormsby was one of Bob Clark's like go-to writers. He wrote with Bob oh. a lot you know, on earlier films. I think, like, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things and Dead of Night. Um, I don't know. if Did he do... Did, I think Bob Clark did that one. Yeah. Um, and he also wrote... Uh, yeah, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. He uh, wrote and directed a movie called Deranged, you know, and he's done all these other films. And um, this was his... Well, no, he don't think he directed Deranged, but this was his first directing gig and it was because a company uh got together like a new company and they had done like theater stuff and they wanted to break out in a film and they found this script for popcorn and they wanted to make it and they reached out to bob clark to direct it and bob said uh no he didn't want to direct a uh you know another horror film um his last film might have been black christmas and uh he had once he did christmas story and porkies he was he was done with horror you know directing horror um understandably because it's kind of hard sometimes to leave the genre if, as you guys may know you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i don't think he wanted to be typecast as the horror director i think he wanted and sadly his career kind of went on to doing like i think he did like the baby geniuses movies and or something like that, like or something ridiculous like that. I that might have also he did baby geniuses, and I think even like the sequel or whatever. Yeah, he did baby geniuses and uh, um, the karate dog. I mean, his career. I don't kinda... remember the karate dog. You but don't? I did see baby geniuses in the theater. Yeah, and he did super babies, babies geniuses too. Um, yeah, his career sort of kind of went down now he did do loose cannons which i did not know 
which was the uh, Gene Hackman, Dan Aykroyd movie. Yep. I on VHS. I didn't realize he directed it. But yeah, I didn't know either. I just saw that like on his... What? The infamous fight scene, I think it was in, like, in the bar with Dan Aykroyd, starts to do the uh, acting like uh, he's the cowardly lion. He's like, come on, put him up, put him up. <laughs> That's right. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I need to rewatch that. I haven't either. Um, so yeah, so he directed all these amazing movies, but he was like, nah, um, but he was like, I've, I've got the perfect guy for you. So he got Alan. So they went out to Jamaica to shoot a movie, you know, right? Cause that's, I guess, I don't know. Maybe they had good tax credits or something at the time it um, must have for this type of movie. Why? Like, why else would you do it? Because they they never even use Jamaica as the, like the landscape, like, you had no. No, I had no idea I was in Jamaica until I heard a reggae band randomly in the movie. Yeah, which I never made that connection. Right. Because <laughs> neither did I until I looked it up and did some research on this movie. Um, what? No, I was saying, you, I was just thinking, you might, I, as long as I've been, I've been in this movie, I can't believe I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Um, so um, you're going to about to be your mind blown some more. Because you didn't know Alan, you knew there was two directors, but Alan got fired halfway through the movie, like, or whatever, three weeks into the movie. So did the lead actress, Amy O'Neill. No, I did not know that. Amy O'Neill from a little movie called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was the main actress in this movie. And unfortunately, she got let go because she just wasn't working. Um, What I heard in this, like, little uh, featurette thing that they talked about was that like literally they came into Amy's room and said, pack up your bags. We got a plane ticket for you. You're leaving now. Damn. And they didn't even tell her before they never, no warnings. Like there wasn't even any hint that this was going bad. So poor Amy. Um, so she and one of the girls from the movie, um, you know, left, you know, uh, together and they weren't going like they get you know basically to say goodbye. They flew to Miami. Then the other girl flew back from Miami. I don't know why they did all that. I guess just to give her someone to be with, you know, so that she wasn't all alone going through everything, you know. Um, and then flew her back on the same plane that Jill Sholin was flying in on. So um, <laughs> that day, and she came in that day, and she had to like they already shot three weeks worth of stuff. So you'll see some scenes are directed by um, the original director, and then some are directed by the new director. Okay. Yeah. So good cut and a good edit. I mean, usually when you get that mesh up, you can usually uh, see a lot of uh, those like kind of like, no, that's not you. Oh no, that's more you. But I mean, the story did still flowed good. Like I didn't find any like hindrance. I I thought so too, and the actors said that it was really hard because they had to basically get all her close-ups, you know, and stuff and things like that. So they had to find the scenes that basically the other girl Amy already had shot and just reshoot them with her, and just so sometimes they bring you know. I was like, that is freaking crazy because like you guys have been on sets and you guys have made you know produced you know projects you know like three weeks into a shoot 
you know, if you if you think your lead actress isn't doing very well, you keep them. And you just mm -hmm. figure out how to reshoot around them, yeah. trying to fix oh, wow. it, the issues, because casting a whole new person to come in and redo all those scenes takes more time. So, yeah. you know, fuck that. Yeah. Well, so, and the money, God, the extra money it costs. <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad it happened. I mean, Jill was perfect. Jill did a great job. That's, I like was my favorite screen queen. I know she's. Oh, well, um, you love her from like what Stepfather? And, I love her from uh, Popcorn, Stepfather, When a Stranger Calls Back, Cutting Class, everything she's in. Cutting uh, Class. Oh, I love it. Uh, we did. Good. So we did Cutting Class for '80s horror films. Me and uh, um, Rebecca Reinhardt, and we also did a little movie uh, just recently. Is sort of like I think from the last season. It was last season as we did. Um, uh, was it um, Phantom of the Mall? Eric's Revenge. Which yeah. the uh, the Eric from Eric's Revenge plays the uh, the kind of the the romantic lead, you know, kind of characters, kind of a douche, but kind of not. Derek Mark. Rydell's character, yeah, Mark. He's... He plays the perfect like in between. He's kind of a like you said, he's kind of a douche, but you kind of gotta love him. He's he's kind of hilarious. He's a lovable douche, which yes, he really many, is, which is hard to do. Yeah, it's I was gonna to say do. that not many people can. I, Michael, I'm sorry, but you, I don't think I don't know. I don't think I can find you as a lovable douche. You know, I think I can find you as a lovable character and maybe a real like nasty douche. But I don't <laughs> know if I. I don't know. Oh. It's really hard to play a lovable yeah. douche. Like you know, and it's hard to write too. Uh huh. And they did a great but job with that. But I couldn't play. I couldn't do that. Like, I know that, you know, because um, most of the time when somebody's an asshole, you you pick up on that real quick and then you're like, I don't like that person, you know. But mm -hmm. what I think that they did good was you liked him in the beginning. You know, he was a, he seemed like a nice guy. He was, he was maybe trying to get laid, you know, or whatever in the beginning. But he was a nice guy and you fell for him like in a way like, you know, you. And then when he's with the girl, you're like, oh, why would you do that? And then he goes back to her, you know, and then he stands up to the, the guy who later on has a thing up his nose, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I was like, I, I was like, this is just a weird, wacky. It, it was comedy, you know, like it had comedic moments. And I like that. You know, I like my horror with my comedy, you know, oh, yeah. Um, and I think you both are the same on that. I would well, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's my favorite like uh subgenre of, 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 of a horror, like is this the horror comedies, uh like Final Girls, Tucker Dale versus Evil, uh uh you know uh, the list definitely goes on, like even more subtle ones, like even gremlins. I find a lot of humor in like you know, gremlins or or the ghoulies or you know, uh, even the ones that maybe not necessarily meant to, but you can still find some humor right, where you're like, yeah, maybe you weren't completely mean to be funny, but you're you funny. were. You're funny. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, yeah, so I, I absolutely love that. Um. I love, like I said, I love Jill. Um. I I felt like Kelly Jo Minter, um, her part was very small, but I mean, it was, you know, uh, it, had, it had a pretty good ensemble cast, so it was kind of hard to put everybody, you know, give everybody a, a meaty role. 
But uh, yeah. I felt like Kelly Jo Mentor, I just love her and almost everything she does. And so I was like, oh, man, I just wish they gave her a little bit more. Um, and maybe they did originally, and then they had to, you know, cut around things and make things, you know, whatever. Um, but you guys know who I'm talking about, right? Kelly Jo Mentor? Uh, she's the one that was the one that was having, uh, who was sleeping with the uh, teacher, right? Uh, she was, a, I think, she, sort of, I want to say African American girl. I think. Oh, her. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. From summer school. God. Yeah. Yes. She, yeah. No. Uh, you know that's so funny. When we were watching this, uh, like I was actually uh, mentioning her to my wife. I was actually telling my daughter, I was like, you know what? It's a real darn shame. Like, she had that it factor. Like, and I felt like she should have been showing up in a lot more things uh, back in the eighties and the nineties than what she was. I mean, uh, she was in. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna run down her credits real quick, and you're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" You know, I can't. I forgot about that. Um, she was in. Uh, well, she was in Mask, not the Mask, but Mask, starring. Uh, oh, um, with, with who? Sharon. Share, Share, and uh, Eric Stoltz. Yep. Um, yeah. and then she was in Summer School. She was in yeah. The Lost Boys. Was she? You know? She was uh, Maria in The Lost Boys. Um, she was in the movie The Principal. Do you guys remember that movie? Oh, with James Belushi or yes, Jim Belushi? James, or... Jim Belushi, yep. Uh, that she, fucking movie. She was in A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. Yeah, I do remember her from uh, that one and stuff. Yeah, but... I do too. Oh, I'm not even kidding. Next, she was in House Party, the original House Party. She I don't was remember in, her. She played a character named LaDonna. Um, she was in New Jack City and Popcorn, and then two other movies that I can't believe she was in was Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox and uh, The People Under the Stairs. So she she had a career, you know, like she was doing very yeah. well at those times. Yeah, but when you go for something like summer school, you would have thought that opened up a lot more doors for her, though, too. And it doesn't sound like bigger opportunities came ap after that, I would say. No, and I think the biggest thing, you know, even when she did all those movies and she ended up doing popcorn and popcorn part was like a little smaller, you know, than probably what she was used to getting. I think at that rate, she was just one of those actresses that loved to work, you know, and would constantly... Be and whatever you know, whatever she was a, whether it was a big part or small part, she she did it and, um, like, you know, I I feel like she should be in more. I don't know if she's even acting still because I was gonna say is that all she's been in? And you guys are gonna no. hate me. I've never been seen summer school, and I need to change that. Yeah, you do for sure. <laughs> um, you it's definitely a fun watch. It's one of those ones I. I don't think you're you'll walk away disappointed or upset that you uh, that you took out the time to watch it. <laughs> I've been hearing about it for a while, but yeah, that solidifies that I need to put it at the top of my own. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually really do believe. I think that was the movie that really make uh, made uh, Mark uh, uh, Hammond. Um, yeah, uh, I remember seeing he was in it. Oh yeah, no, I really think that was the movie that made him. And actually, uh, I think it was actually the movie that kind of got uh, Courtney uh, Thorne uh, Smith's uh, career, career going, like right before Melrose. Like she yep. did that right before then, and then that just you know. Oh yeah, really, 
I think that sequence is what really set off. And, and I think that's what I was talking about with the other girl, too. Like, I would, because like I said, she had that it factor. I mean, she had that presence that when she had scenes, she was always like very entertaining, or she could just do that, like, you know, fast talk intimidation role. Uh, but it was entertaining still. Like, and I, like I said, it's just a darn shame. Uh, yeah. I would seen her in, in a lot more uh, bigger uh, uh, movies or like you know or, or being given like you know bigger roles i mean i do remember her from uh a nightmare on elm street um uh so i mean she I did, her in that one. yeah so and she did a pretty good role in that one but i mean well so the last project <laughs> that uh kelly joe minter was in was uh in 2019 she was in a movie called getting the kinks out it's a romantic comedy um, about a prostitute named Daisy, played by Tuesday Night. Uh, you know, also oh, I... a nightmare. Now, there's a few yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street people in this movie. Uh, we've also got a, a a guy named Rodney Eastman is in it. Oh, Am- I Amanda Wiss. Okay. Uh, yeah, Heather Langenkamp. Okay. This is like a Nightmare on Elm Street reunion. No I don't it's know. a romantic comedy. It's a romantic comedy about a prostitute okay. named Daisy and a plumber. This sounds like a porn. <laughs> <laughs> Who meet and fall in love while running from Daisy's steroid abusing pimp. So it's uh now it says that 2019 it does not have a director listed. Um and doesn't even look like oh. it's out and available. So no user ratings or anything. Oh, um, uh, they I guess maybe maybe it didn't do well. I wish I knew uh, knew uh, knew about this because I saw Tuesday um at uh uh Scarefest a couple years ago, and I, I wish I knew this because then I would have asked her, you know, um I would have asked her about it and said, hey, you know, what, what you know what's going on with this movie? Do you know? Most of the time, the actors don't know. You know, they they, no, just, they, they, they know when we know <laughs> a job and, you know, who knows? So maybe but maybe she did. Maybe she knew like it's never coming out. Like the director decided that it was terrible, and, you know, didn't want it, you know, didn't want it out. Happens spent five years. I don't think. Well, you never know. Sometimes you never know. movies take forever. My movies take a lot longer than I've wanted them to. So I get it. Oh, yeah, it happens. You know, um, but with that being said, that was that was, those were the things that like Kelly Kelly was in that, but I think that was probably because that's a nightmare reunion, you know, thing where yeah. the director, producer, writer, or whatever was big fans of um, uh, the the nightmare series and decided let me cast a whole bunch of them, which is awesome. Like for independent filmmakers, that's just that's right there you know, a way to, to get people to watch your movie. You know, you said, you said, oh my God, that's that sounds wonderful. Where can I find this? You know, kind of thing. So um now my favorite two actors in this movie, other than Jill, Jill Sholin, uh were uh D Wallace being in the movie. Uh and she was fantastic. Um but she's fantastic in everything. I've never I've never seen a bad thing she's she's been you know she's done herself. Stamp of approval. Um, 
you uh w w w w during that era of, of horror like you know if, if you saw d wallace in it then you knew you were in for a good horror movie because i mean at that point she had like kuja she had critters uh the hills have eyes i mean uh the list goes on i mean and that's just off the top of my head like i know there's yeah. more frighteners and tons of things but she she talked about how this was her first time on a low budget indie set like really? you know like a lower budget like that because like most of the ones she did even the hills have eyes had some good money to it you know or whatever and in studio backing or whatever cujo did you know howling did they're all you know to us they're maybe still like lower budgeted but they're not low budget you know yeah. or whatever and so this was the first one so she was not used to movies shutting down for a little bit and waiting for you know her being stuck in you know in jamaica waiting for for when her scenes are going to be like i mean can you imagine that as an actor i mean you're probably still getting paid every day you know yeah um, but you're not you're yeah yeah but you're like yeah you're kind of wasting your time and talents on that when you could be like out searching for another job or she doesn't you know. really have even a huge part i mean yeah she's in it you know but yeah well so I mean, when I'm, at, uh, I'm at d wallace like this was like over 10 years ago i think at one of my first conventions i told her popcorn was my favorite movie of hers and it still is i mean you know whatever i love this movie she said that's the first time anyone has ever said that to her and she didn't have anything popcorn related but i always thought that was really cool that is really yeah. cool oh yeah Coming from a huge fan, because I just I love this fucking movie. I saw her at Scares That Care, uh, and everything. And uh I think uh yeah, I think Michael, you were there. I think this is the, the day that yep. like the time that you you, you and I actually met. Um, but uh I, I went up to her table and um I know you know, I'm I'm friends with her daughter Gabrielle. Uh she used to be come on my podcast a few times and I even messaged Gabrielle before uh before meeting you know i was like hey i'm gonna meet your mom in a little you know like tomorrow or something and she was like tell her i said hey you know or whatever you know so i uh i walk up and the first thing she says to me is hello handsome and Aww. i was like well <laughs> and i bet she says that to everybody all the guys whatever you know but like right then and there i was like whoa <laughs> you know she was like, like yeah the nicest I yeah. think she even told me, like, if I wanted to mail her anything popcorn-related, she would autograph. But that was Aww. so long. I think I even had the VHS or, like, anything. She did an interview with Michael Rosenbaum uh, a little while ago, and I showed it to my former roommate, Jackie, when I was staying up there in uh, Bakersfield. And we watched it, and, and, and Jackie actually not just knows like knows her or whatever from the stuff she's gone to her house and stayed the night a few times because yeah. she was really good friends with Gabrielle. That's kind of how I met Gabrielle's through Jackie. And um, so they, you know, so she was watching it and she's like, Oh my God, it's, it's so funny because D is just D like, you know, no matter what interview and if, even if the person doesn't really know her that well, you know, doesn't, hasn't read her books I knew her very well, and so I knew the stories that she told and, and stuff because I've read... She tells a lot of the stories that she's already told in her books, and I love her books and everything. So, um, But I don't remember Popcorn being in the books. I need to go reread it and see if she yeah. mentions Popcorn because um, the, she talks about when her husband, Chris, died. Um, 
and uh it was on it was during the set of the frighteners you know and she was away in new zealand uh shooting that and her daughter gabrielle found found uh you know and it was sad you know such a sad sort of thing and then uh she had to fly back she had to leave the frighteners and peter jackson let her like like no problem we're going to shut down the movie for a while uh you know until you're ready to come back then we'll finish and um, no no studio tells you that you know yeah. right like that just does not happen in a in hollywood and it did for her and she got to come back and they they allowed uh gabrielle to be there so gabrielle got to play with michael j fox and all that stuff as a kid and but she doesn't really remember it as much you know like it wasn't it was like oh i'm hanging out with some guy named michael you know <laughs> like you know yeah. as a kid but like that's freaking awesome to me and when i read that in the book i was just like oh my god it's it's so sad to like find your dad dead but like like all that stuff like uh they they were really sweet and 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 took care of her and and I mean, peter jackson was in still to this day is one of my favorite directors like he's just you know and and the more i hear about him i'm like i love that guy you know yeah um, it sounds like yeah uh and then there was this other guy tom ballard who unfortunately is no longer with us he passed away in 1994 uh due to aids so it's kind of sad but the one who played toby you know the the mm -hmm. The main guy, basically, the um, which funniest thing is you don't really ever see Toby as anything other than just some guy just getting everything together, you know, like right, like you don't see it coming whatsoever. Um, I did because I saw it before and I remembered, but I also the little things you pick up on is like when he comes back into the room and he um he like starts saying things the way he's talking makes you him sound like the killer you know like a killer like he like he did everything like he was the mastermind behind things and stuff and he's trying to manipulate people you can see it you know now that you know if you know he's the killer you know yeah um, but i will say the first time watching it though like it definitely threw me off uh just because i was a fan of his work and uh you he's one of those ones that like if you watch a lot of his air films, I uh, like he's usually typecasted as either like the goofy one, or, like usually a very level uh, goofy or like, like nerd, that. nerd yeah, guy. Uh, well, like a good example, one of my uh, all-time love uh, comedies back in the day uh, was uh, One Crazy Summer, where he actually played brothers uh, alongside of uh, Bobcat uh, Goldwaite. Um, it was one of those uh, John Cusack uh, early '90s uh, comedies, but um, uh, he was absolutely hysterical in that one. And when I saw Popcorn, like you know, I always just kind of uh, always kind of revert to. Him. I was like, well, it can't be him. He's always just that cute, love, lovable, goofy guy that you know. You know but when you see him in these kind of movies, you're like, oh, not him. Please don't let him get killed. Like you know, uh -huh. you don't ever in the equation that oh, he's the killer. <laughs> oh, yeah, you never never would have pictured him as the killer. So they did a. They did a great job, um, but I, I send you both the, uh, the I don't know if, uh, uh, Madeline, you watched that video I sent. I didn't get a chance to watch it, no. Okay, so I, I sent a video, but Mike, Michael did, um, 
and uh it it was my girl the 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 movie my girl and it was uh i forgot he was in my girl he was in the um yeah he was in the poetry remember um veda you know anna kolumsky wanted to be in an adult poetry class and so he was the guy and i always remembered this guy you know so when i saw him again on this in this movie i go he looks familiar and his voice is familiar where do i know this from so when i looked him up on imdb i go my girl that's right he's the weird <laughs> goofy hippie guy you know who's with the hippie chick who writes this like poem and and everything and what did you say uh michael i thought what you said was kind of funny Oh, oh yeah! I said I'm never gonna look at Rocky Road ice cream the same again. Because <laughs> uh, the girl's singing the the other girl, this you know, uh, his girlfriend is singing this song about him, about you know, flesh all a mesh and all this stuff, and it's all like this adult erotic, you know, stuff. And then he sings, um, you know, he he. Uh, uh, or or was it uh, Veda does this poem about um, you know ice cream and Rocky Road and all this stuff and he's like uh, flesh all a mesh or Rocky Road they're all the same it's, it's all desire and I was like <laughs> I was laughing so hard because I was like oh man this is the killer like you just don't you can't see this. This guy's so goofy and so silly. That and, he, and even in this one, he has those moments. Uh, like even when you find he's like the killer, like you know, like one of my favorite scenes from from this was like when there's a whole like a veil, and he goes, and now we get this thing started. First, we sit down and we put these contacts into the cover of the fried egg eyes. <laughs> <laughs> The way he went about it, it's just it's like, oh my god, this is beautiful. Like this guy just has these stitches. <laughs> guy is nuts. Okay. Oh man, I loved it. I thought it was so funny. And he was oh, he was he was amazing in this movie. Um <laughs> I, I'm so sad he died at the age of 40 because like imagine him now, like doing yeah. stuff, you know. Or um, are the there fun things he could have been a part of. I mean, he could be going to the conventions. We could have be meeting him, you know, yeah, and stuff. Love. Yeah, I definitely would, would have been on my radar, definitely. Um, but yeah, he was. I mean, his last uh, stuff he did was in the army. Now, sadly, that was not the not a very well received movie. And honestly, it's like probably That's my least. Yeah, that and Jury Duty are my least favorite Polly Shore movies just because I just I think at the time he just became this icon of like you know you know just being goofy and silly or whatever but to the point where it just wasn't funny anymore exactly you know? and uh and I'm glad he kind of took a break for a while before kind of coming back into the limelight and now he's trying to play Richard Simmons <laughs> yeah I really I I I don't know. He's kind of there. Like I I could see a transformation like with the right makeup. I could see him pulling that off. He did. He did. He did a uh he did a teaser, like a little uh yeah. thing, and he showed it at Sundance and stuff. Oh, they're trying um, to convince um Richard Simmons it's a good idea, right? And Richard Simmons still 
doesn't want it. Yeah, Richard Sims like no. I mean, can he put that in his will like that nobody can use him? I don't think so. Cuz I think I think anybody can play anybody after they're dead, right? Probably. Like, you know, uh, you could I'd feel uncomfortable watching anything if it was, you know, against his wishes. Yeah. No, I I get it. I'm saying he could do it though. He like even if people probably wouldn't want to watch it necessarily, he could do it still. Um no, uh, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it, Polly. I'd recommend getting his getting his A OK, you know. Exactly. Just yeah. just wait until, you know, it's one of his last presses, you know. Okay, now fine. You can do it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh but um anyhow. yeah, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway uh i uh, i i love this guy uh tom uh, tom villard now i'm like now i want to watch all the other stuff he's been in it's been in a lot of other stuff so you know i gotta see one crazy summer because i've seen better off dead and i saw one crazy summer on tbs i want to say it was like one of those channels you know but i saw like uh, commercialized cut, you know, or whatever. So yeah. I really would like. I've to... never seen one crazy summer. I've seen Better Off Dead. Better oh. Off Dead's more of the the more well known one that they. I don't. I only watched that maybe a year ago, and I absolutely loved it. It's fucking instant favorite. It's, it's so it's fucking hilarious. Good. It, you know, it's, it's so fucking good. Yeah, if you liked Better Off Dead, I think you you would probably enjoy One Crazy Summer because I mean it's I, a very... I'll have to watch it. Um, it's the same director, right? Uh, I think it is actually. Like, uh, and it's got a great cast uh, in, in that one too, as well. I think it's like Steve Savage Holland is his name, or something like that, and uh, or Savage Steve, something like that. One of those, you know. Uh, is actually one of uh, Demi Moore's uh, earlier films. Like, she was very young in that one. I think she was like twenty-two or something when she, or twenty-three when she did that film. Well, just don't make a joke about her being GI Jane. Oh, oh wait, that's that's not her. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now Michael gets it. Michael's like, <laughs> um, yeah. So, anywho, um, yeah. So, uh, he's what is it? He was in like Deep Space Nine, Baywatch. He had an episode of Baywatch or two episodes, like two different characters, and that doesn't even make any sense. But because <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody could be like, who's that guy? Oh wait, wait, and then see the other guy and go, wait, he's a different character. Like I uh, just change up his hair a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> oh, but he would still be the dude. That I dude know, could I, never I, hide. I, that guy could never hide who he is. I'm sorry. Like no, he, I. Well, he can because he changes his face all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. He just puts on a new face, and oh man, that scene—that stuff was pretty, pretty awesome. Because I'm like, so this dude is like burned to death, like, or like basically to death. Like, I mean, he's he somehow survived. I don't know how. Um, and they can just, and he, what does he do? Does he like cut people's faces off, or does he just like make fake faces? Like, I didn't understand that. Make molds I, of them because he's got that yeah. thing. I, I thought he was making molds of their face. Like, I think yeah. he was doing 
kills him, but you know, I don't think he's ripping the face off. I think he's just molding the faces when when, when they're dead. Yeah. That's, That's the way it looks. Right, though. He did do the molding before, and I totally forgot about that because it happens, like, and, it, and I even wondered, like, why are they doing that, you know, right? Like, I wondered, yeah. like, what does this have to do with the the um the the festival you know like unless they're gonna have like fake faces all around or something and then all of a sudden now it makes sense he took everybody's mold of their face and just yeah puts it on whenever he needs to um pretend to be that person i guess but he's very well, bad at changing his voice because he tried to change his voice i guess with that one girl around that said oh do you do you think toby loves me and he's like ah go away ah leave me alone yeah I can't deal with this right now you well know? he gets all you know bothered because you know she obviously likes him and he's all stressed it out hard like he was ready to kill her until he's like wait wait what you mean you, you like me? you love me yeah then he starts oh. freaking out well i mean did he became he... <laughs> Does he does he have anything that even works down there? Like, could could he even have a girlfriend? Could I mean, that's walk? a good question. His whole body was burned, right? Like, I'd imagine. Well, well it's like this. Is, is, <laughs> is there a hot dog? Yes. Now, is it a freshly cooked one, or is it a three a.m. I went to Seven Eleven hot dog? That leads. Uh, that's up open for debate. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know, like, because I mean, never, none of that was I ever explored. Be. What? Oh, I was just apologizing to Madeline. I was like, if I went too far, Madeline, I'm sorry. I don't think there's anything wrong with three a.m. hot dogs at Seven Eleven. Oh, <laughs> I had. Uh, I mean, I'm to leave it at that. I had eleven thirty hot dogs at Seven Eleven, and. I swear to God, I was not feeling good the day after that night. That, that night, so I don't know if it was that or if I literally was just sick and it just happened to be then. But I don't know. That uh, who knows? Um. So <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't see. I don't know. Did he ever have a girlfriend? I wonder. Like, you know, like. Which was his whole plan? His whole life was just to get revenge on this chick. I, I think was, so. Between that and therapy, <laughs> I don't think he yeah. did therapy because I don't know. I just don't think he. I, I, that would be an interesting, like, little, you know, bonus scene, you know, yeah, him well. and the therapist. And he's like, I want to kill that, that bitch. And she's like, let's talk about that. You know, <laughs> give me, give me your, you know, let's, let's dive deep into your, you know, your emotion. Why do you want to kill this bitch? <laughs> well, yeah, how many years had passed since that happened? Fifteen, I mean, yeah, fifteen. So, so was she five? She was five. No. Well, and he was a little she boy like, too. She must have been like three because she's in college, right? Or is she in high school? I thought she was in college. college, right? So she's in a college class. Um, you know, so it could be eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, I it was never fully explained the like the time and stuff, but they did say 15 years. It had been 15 yeah, years since that happened. Um, so, so you'd think Toby, Toby was 
trying to work on whatever and then maybe gets angered when she shows up at his college or something or did he come and find her who knows who knows i, I don't know i okay so the mom says at one point let's not go to the to the thing let's just fly away and never like I'm come back here going on i'm like why yeah. didn't she do that to begin with yeah like why did she stay in the same town the you know like around the same area that all this shit happened oh, well i know why because then there would be no movie but uh yeah. you know like but it could have there could have been a movie and they could have set it in jamaica because it could have happened in america all this stuff happened she moves to jamaica the guy tracks her down finds her you know all this stuff happens she brings it up and then now she's like oh god we got to move somewhere else you know but no, she literally lives in the same area and everything, which I just and they they did not use Jamaica to their best advantages. You know? I legitimately had no idea. Yeah. Uh, you, I would have, I would have tweaked that story. Uh, so because I want I would have taken the school element out of the equation if you're going to do it in Jamaica and do the same. Because uh, let's face it, when was the last time you heard of uh, like uh, like a, 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 an aspiring film student going like? Man, when I get done with high school, man, I'm gonna go apply to Jamaica and I'm gonna become a director and a writer. And like, no, it's usually they're going to New York, they're going to LA, you know, they're going somewhere of like substance with studios. You don't usually hear people say, I'm going to Jamaica, baby. <laughs> That's true. But but I mean, I guess they didn't even use Jamaica as the actual like setting. It was supposed to be I like say, I don't even think it takes place in Jamaica, it was yeah. just filmed back. I was you just said, like, there. Or something, probably. Yeah, like it I doesn't think... make any sense. You can film that shit anywhere. All you need is a movie theater, pretty much, in a school. Mm-hmm. That's where so... the that's where the movie takes place. Doesn't make so... any sense. So, in the last uh, '80s horror films episode, we uh, Rebecca and I had done Blood Theater, you know, which is also about a, a theater. And she yeah. even said, like, this and Blood Theater would be a perfect sort of, you know, double feature. Um, but you'd have to watch Popcorn first because that's just the better movie, and then you can watch the the you know the the more lower budget, not as great movie. You know, I mean, Blood Theater had some really good gore in it, so mm-hmm. I mean, you you can give it that. Popcorn, I don't. I mean, uh, Popcorn it falls more into that classic slasher kind of escape kills where it's more like the uh, direct kill or the electrocution. Uh, than it is yeah. like trying to like highlight the gore, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Not every like horror slasher has to be a gore. I will say I was disappointed, you know, that that he died by the same thing he already killed somebody with. You know, it's like I thought that was kind of a full circle type thing. Do you think is that what you got from it? I I just yeah, that's what I got from it. I I just got as it is like. uh like we couldn't figure out another way to do it, so we're just gonna kill him by one of his own, you know, traps. I guess. I guess it goes to the full circle thing, but yeah. yeah I mean, I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, you know, you gotta also bring in the factor of uh, Mark and stuff, like you know, the bumbling hero who can't seem to catch a break all evening, and even when he felt like he's gonna have his like his his man card moment, like yeah, here. Here's my white knight steed moment, and even that one. I mean, did he get the job done? Yeah, 
Did he look graceful and, and, and heroic while doing it? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> like George of the Jungle, as he says. <laughs> Which George I love of- that line. Which, wait, so there was the cartoon George of the Jungle. Was that what he was referring to? Because the Brennan yeah. Fraser yeah. one, one didn't come out to like years later, you know? Oh, yeah. He was definitely talking about, about the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. And that was neat. Um, it it was funny. Like, what what did she call him? Like Tarzan or something? Indiana or... Jones. Indiana Jones. That's right. He's like, yeah, more like George of the Jungle. I'm like, that's about right. Yeah. Once again, lovable douche. Like he's yeah. yeah you know... It just works so well. Yeah. I I was rooting for him like the whole time. I mean, even like the date thing. It's like you know, it it was like you know, it's not like he wanted to go off and like you know, Gina on her. Like you know, he was constantly going to her like, look, you know, you keep ignoring me. It's like you know, I'm not gonna sit around the wing forever. It's like I want to be with you, but you're not. You're not giving me any time and stuff. But, and but then and, he goes for like the easy girl, you know. Yeah. She's so easy. He literally leaves, and there's another guy there like that that's like how else could how could you get an easier person than that you know like the guy's got his arm around her already and i'm like oh my god you know I, I a bit of a theory on that guy yeah. you have a theory I, on that yeah i really do like honestly i don't think he really had any interest in her whatsoever i think it was used as a jealous tactic he knew that she was in the film club. He knew that was her big passion. There was no way he did not know about the film thing and that she was going to be a part of, of, of that. Um, I, I mean, I mean, as well as even when he found, came back and saw like you know him with her, you can even tell like you know, just in his tones and his actions, he didn't even really care at the fact that he was with her. I think he cared more than the fact like, dude, you're in my seat. Yeah. <laughs> And he was that you're with my girl. I don't think he cared about that because then he's true. Walk- he did say that. He said you're in my seat. He didn't say, "Hey, yeah. you're with my girl." You know, you're on my girl. I think she was more of a uh, tactic to try to get her jealous because even when she got upset, he even wanted to go and try to talk to her again. So I mean, yeah. I, I mean, so I mean, I really don't. I don't think there was any like uh, true malice in that. I think it was his way of. Thinking he had a good idea and it kind of backfired on the guy. Yeah, to the point, like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, and I guess if he showed up alone, you know, he would look desperate and weird, you know, showing up like by himself just with, I'll order one ticket to this big festival that you're running, you know. Like, if he were, if he really liked her, like he pretended like he liked her and everything. He would have said, "Hey, do you need a volunteer for your, you know, thing? I'd help, you know, I'd help out or know. something." He's, he's got a different way of thinking of things because, again, mm-hmm. he's yeah. like a lovable douche. He loves Maggie. He's thinking, "Oh, this is a good way, you know, to get her to pay attention to me." That, right. That was the thought process. I think Madeline absolutely nailed it. I, I, I like. I, I think that is the perfect analogy for Mark. He. Thought it was a good idea, but then when you're when, when you're us outside the box, you you were more of the oh no, that's probably not the way you should be going there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, like, yeah, he's a completely different character than what I, as a person, would do. You know, me, I wouldn't have done well, that just because. That. Yeah, I think all of us would would have not done that if we liked the girl because we would have, uh, we wouldn't have wanted. I mean, I wouldn't want to make some. But then again, that's like 
you hear all these stories like you see all these like youtube uh like videos now and like um advertisements i see them all the time of like you gotta treat women like shit in order to get them and i'm gonna teach you how and i'm like no no brah like I, I can't, even if you taught me how to do it, I wouldn't be able to do it because nobody would believe me. I'm not that kind of guy, you know, and yeah. I'm not going to pretend to be that kind of guy just to get a girl or whatever interested in me. Like if a girl's going to be interested in me, they're going to be, you know, interested in me. Mark, on the other hand, he is that kind of guy, you know, he's like, I'm going to remember this was the nineties. Right. Mm hmm. So yeah, well yeah. So people did things a little bit differently, and yeah, you know stuff than they do now. <laughs> um, which I mean, if this movie was made for now, he might still do that because there are still people who would do that, you know. So if this movie was yeah. made in today, like there would be a guy who would show up. Um, he'd probably be wearing guy liner and looking really emo, but you know, like. Uh, that's just the way we, that's the way kids are these days. They're they do not, you know, like I don't know. They're they're different than the way we were we we grew up in the nineties. You know. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I just definitely saw it in a day. I mean, even though it's not exactly the same in some ways, you all probably have seen some of these videos of like the TikTok ones when there are couples coming down the elevator and there's some like really like attractive person coming up the airway and they go out of their way to, to, to touch uh, one of the partners and say something like, you know, like, you know, uh, like, you know, flirty with them and stuff just to see how the other uh, partner, you know, uh, reacts, which usually most of the time it's usually, uh, it's usually like whenever it's like the cute girl or like, you know, whatever, touching the guy. Usually the guy's girlfriend who's with him is usually, you know, getting the earrings off, getting ready to go, go right up the other side of that square to, to chase him down and stuff. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 there's tons of these uh, fake like uh, YouTube slash like TikTok videos and, uh, and my freaking reel on Facebook is filled with these like fake video segments or whatever, like a girl, <laughs> you know, a girl will be on an airplane or something and like hit on the guy. And then all of a sudden the other girl get really upset and I have this huge conversation. I'm like, dude, there's only like four seats on this plane. Like, this is obviously uh, like, yeah, it looks so fake. And I'm like, you know, and anyway, like in real life, Nobody's going to be videotaping that like that, you know, like it's, I can't believe anyone believes that shit. Uh, I don't think anybody does. They're just, and they're getting tired of it because it's just yeah. like, because it just keeps popping up on our feeds and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dudes, kid, make something interesting and real, like, you know, looking, you know, like yeah. don't, don't try to do this shit. And so like, we live in a completely different time now. Um, uh, popcorn is just the perfect example of like a time capsule of the 90s, you know, like late 80s, 90s, you know, time period. And uh, and I'm so glad it exists. Like, I'm so glad Synapse put it out, you know. Um, it's got uh, where did I put it? <laughs> I put the case somewhere, the clothing in the aisle. You could definitely tell it's in those early like 90s, like you know, uh. Uh, grunge kind of stage that 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 that's on the rise and stuff like you know we're getting out of the loud clothes the spandex the big hair we're getting more into like the like you know the more of what you see uh, nowadays <laughs> yeah 
the special effect, uh, the special edition stuff, you know, features include, uh, well, it says shockerific special features, you know, by the way, to go with the whole like William Castle, you know, kind of feel to it. By the way, this felt like Matinee stole their idea, you know, the movie Matinee. Almost definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so audio commentary with director Mark Mark Her- uh, Herrera. Uh, stars Jill Sholin, Malcolm Denaire, and, spe- and special makeup effects artist Matt Pauls. So uh, you get a little bit of that. Then Midnight Madness, the making of Popcorn, which is 57 minutes long. I didn't even finish the whole thing. So I bet there's still some more stuff I can like learn. All new documentary oh, yeah. on the, which in- includes an interview with director Mark Herrera. Herrer, um, stars Jill Sholin, Derek Rydell, or right all um d wallace uh malcolm denaire yvette solar um and i think yvette solar was the one that said that she went with amy o'neill um and uh elliot hurst elliot hurst so the um so the uh uh what is the co-producer was sophie hurst and the uh, executive producer was uh was Howard Hurst and some other people and Howard Hurst and Sophie Hurst are the mother and father of, uh, Elliot Hurst, who was in the movie, who's in the, like who acted oh. in the film and stuff. So they had all, you know, this was their project. This is the Hurst family project. Oh, I was going to say this is like a big Hurst family project right here. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it says of, of, fascinating behind-the-scenes document of the troubled film production covering everything from the replacement of the original star and director to the post-production issues with the MPAA, which I've not gotten to, so I'm guessing there's some issue with the MPAA. Um, I have the R-rated version, so I wonder if there's like an uncut version at all. I heard there was, and I would absolutely love the final copy. Like, I would actually pay a, uh, a, a higher dollar value than you would normally for like if it was like a new uncut like you know unrated version of uh popcorn i would easily pay probably 120 150 bucks for that copy if i if i could get it if it was on dvd or blu-ray uh i agree um so there's also electric memories an interview with uh, actor bruce glover um a original theatrical trailer and television spots you know stuff like that um the screenplay was written by. Did you guys notice that who the screenplay was written by? I don't remember. It says Todd Hackett. Now I was like, that's got to be a fake name, right? You know, and yes, that is Alan uh, uh, Ornsby's name, uh, oh. or like fake name that he gave. I guess after he got fired, he asked that his name be taken off, or maybe they. I didn't realize that. And he used the name Todd Hackett. And I was like, that's got to be fake because who you hack it? Come on. You know, <laughs> and and it was Todd like Todd Browning, T.O.D. So I was like, it's got to be a it's got to be a fake name. Uh, and I'm I'm happy like I'm happy that this came and that these you know, that this has such good special features and everything on it, because like you said, you had no idea it was even filmed in Jamaica. I wouldn't have known had I not you know, watch the thing. I think it's on IMDb that was filmed in Kingston, Jamaica, you know, but I mean, I would not have thought about it, you know, and everything yeah. like that. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. Um, also, I was just say yeah, and like and I, and I and to what we said earlier, like with all the hiccups they had and the delays and everything else, like and the fact the movie came together the way it did, like it's very impressive. I've seen so many other movies that have had a fraction yep. of hiccups that this movie has had, uh, and it was poorly put together. This, you know, it's like you know when you hear about all it is like wow, that's just. The more I, the more I hear hiccups that happen behind the scenes, the more impressed I get with the film because it was already a great film. Like even when I watched it as a kid, I loved this film. It was a great film, and just to know that all these going on and it still came out as good as it did—that's impressive. <laughs> I I always remember the uh, VHS cover because, like, if I'm correct, it had like some kind of thing that said popcorn, and there was like some kind of like skewer or something, you know, or whatever, and. And everything like that. And of, what? Buy a bag, go home in a box. Yeah, exactly. And uh, buy, yep, and that's what this uh, TV, uh, Blu-ray says right here. Uh, yeah. Ah, there you go. Can you see it? Okay. Some, somewhat. Ah, there you go. Uh, but it's, yeah, buy a bag, go home in a box. Which, it really, I mean, not much to do with popcorn. Apparently, the ending of the movie was going to have to do something with popcorn. That was the reason they called it popcorn and then they cut it or so. And, you know, it's not a part of it anymore. So it, you know, the theater and it worked, it worked. Uh, it didn't matter. Um, the only thing I also wanted to mention, we forgot to mention was Ray Walston, Ray yeah. freaking Walston in the movie. Like, there's, there's approval. he's usually more on the comedy side of, of uh, things. Like, you know, when you, when you see Ray uh, show up, like in, in those uh, 80s, 90s comedies, you know, it's more likely it's going to be a fun comedy ride. Well, I will tell you this. When they put a, together that festival, I was jealous. I wanted so to go to that festival, you know? Like, if somebody did that in my town and put, like, a festival like that, like an all-day uh, William Castle, you know, show or whatever, because that's basically what they were doing. It's, they did the yep. Tingler with the... With the stuff they did, uh, I mean, Mosquito was very much, you know, those giant, uh, you know, interestingly enough, a couple years later, there was a movie called The Ting or the Mosquito that came out that um, uh, Gary Jones directed, you know, um, a great movie, by the way. But, uh, you know, uh, I guess I'm guessing they didn't get it from this movie. They just, you know, just <laughs> hadn't, hadn't been a movie called Mosquito yet. What? <laughs> I said a movie about a giant mosquito was bound to happen regardless. Yeah, at some point. You know, if not, it would be now, you know, because, you know, uh, they've already, what is it, uh, Brad Thomason made Waspzilla. So, I mean, you know, why not, right? We we need we need more giant killer, you know, oh, uh, creatures, um, insects and shit. And like I love that the ending of that thing they showed, and he was talking about, oh, there's just more insects out there, you know. And I was like, what? hilarious. Everything about like the fake movies, especially Mosquito, was hilarious. Well, you know that that guy, uh, the director Alan Ornsby, that's what he's credited for because that's what he worked on the most, and that was really? to slow down the production as he was too detail oriented. He went around and made sure everything was perfect for the shots and everything. That's and fine. if you watch it, it does look like a perfect, you know, thing. But 
that that becomes, uh, that slows down the movie a little bit. Yeah, know? the fake. Mo- yeah, yeah. I mean, those aren't as. I think the producers got really upset because they're like, "This this is like the movie inside the movie. It's not the real movie. You need to concentrate on making the real movie." Like you know, it, but it's so me- it's such a memorable part of the movie. The mosquito and the popcorn. I mean, sorry, not popcorn. The uh, and Electric Man, whatever the name of that second movie was. I can't think right. I can't even think either. It was and then there was like one that more too. Really uh, with uh, the 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 uh, the uh, stench and uh, uh, Roma Rama. <laughs> oh, dude! Like I want those things to exist in real life. Like well, uh, this is what this movie inspired me to do like the smell vision for spirit animal and splash vision for bathtub shark attack, because I like gimmicks because of this movie. And also because of John waters and William castle, but popcorn's really was solidified. And I was just like, I want my movies to have be an experience instead of just you going to the movies, you know, whatever I want it to be an experience. And exactly. that's always what inspired me was this movie. So it's been a huge inspiration. Yeah, this and this movie is just a lot of fun. Like, you know, um, people... It was one of people dressing up and having fun in the theater, laughing, whatever, you know. And you see that in this movie. They're all, I don't know, such a such a good... Yeah, I mean, it gets to the point where the guy's really gonna kill this chick and everybody still thinks it's a gimmick. So yeah. yeah. And then they're and like, it... kill her, kill her, yeah! You know, they, I, I remember seeing the people go to the front, you know, because they want to get the front row action of it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, this is just, this is exactly how it really would be if somebody... It would. People would think it's part of it. Yeah. Um, I remember I wrote a scene in a... Uh, I had an idea, and I guess, you know, somebody in Hollywood can steal this for and put it for Jason. I don't give a fuck. But I had this idea for Jason Land. Right. And it was like a Jason theme park, you know, on Crystal Lake, you know, and everything like that. And one of my favorite bits that I ever wrote, and I was so proud of this, but there was a ride called Jason's Mom, you know, where people go, you can ride Jason's Mom. Right. So uh, and it was a roller coaster. Right. And it just went really fast and you could go really, really fast if you push the lever. Now, I've worked at theme parks for a good, good while and. This is not actually how it goes. Like generally you push one button and the whole thing starts. You can't actually make it go faster. You know, that would actually be a bad idea. But in my, you know, in this thing, you know, you can make it go faster. So, makes, so they're test riding it um, and they're riding the thing and it's going around. And, and all of a sudden, uh, Jason kills the person that's running the thing and then turns it up full speed. So it goes around and around and around and around really, really quickly. And as the person's like going, what? And you can see, you can see the blur of Jason as it's going around, right. Of him walking toward the, toward the thing. And then he takes his machete and chops off the person's head. And the guy's head flies off and lands in this kid's buttered popcorn. Right. (laughs) And the kid screams, you know, and scared and everything in the, the 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 father goes oh no 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 don't worry that's just a fake head honey this is just all <laughs> part nah. of the show and I don't know if I got that from popcorn or if I got that from something else or whatever but that was my favorite thing I ever wrote in my life I I I feel like I've peaked you know since that because and of course I'm never gonna get like the chance to do that because 
I did a stupid thing and tried to make a uh, Jason fan film back in the day, and Crystal Lake Entertainment sent me a cease and desist letter. Oh, so man. yeah, so if if you get a cease and desist letter from Crystal Lake Entertainment, I'm pretty sure that means they don't want to work with you, you know, and stuff too, right? You oh, know, I would rather oh, a letter saying, "Hey, come be our next director," you know, or writer or whatever, you know. But that no, instead. Sorry, you can't make a fan film. Nowadays, you can. Because... Nowadays, everyone's making a fucking fan film of Friday the 13th. Right, and that's because Friday the 13th is in standstill Limbo. right now. Yeah. yeah. Until, well, they've uh, been TV series coming out. Let's get off topic. But... Maybe. I don't know. They said this like a year ago. I'm like, I where... Caring about it. I'm just like, I don't even care. I just want to see a new movie on a big screen with Jason Kelly people. I don't give a shit about a TV series. I kind of do, just because it actually was called Crystal Lake, which was my TV series I was trying to do. Yeah, you know, I'm so, gonna watch regardless, but I know, I know you will. <laughs> I'm, I'd rather a movie. I, I I'd say I'm kind of sick of the trend of um, movies becoming TV shows, but Chucky did it so well. Oh so yeah, let the can because Chucky, mm -hmm. Chucky's so good. Well, and I would know. rather watch movies, but when I started watching Chucky, I was just fucking blown away well that's uh, because the original creator did it yeah, you know yeah, he stayed throughout the whole franchise that's why it's one of the best franchises and yeah. most consistent i completely agree with you i mean i even yeah. love his mentality with it uh he goes yeah and he goes oh you know, i had ideas about Steven chucky and brian chucky and it's like and i said to myself if i'm if this franchise is gonna get buried it's gonna be done by my own hands not by somebody else <laughs> so good right. so he, wonderful yeah, I met him. He's such a nice guy. Uh, I'm sure he is. Yeah, I met him the same day I freaking got to meet uh, uh, Chucky himself. You know, Brad Dwarf. Um, yeah. fucking oh, dude, both of those guys are just like I mean, all of them. Like you know, uh, everybody that's worked on the Chucky franchise is Alex Vincent is super sweet. Yeah, um, Alex Vincent is super sweet. Um. I kind of made a joke to him today because uh, he said something about not knowing voodoo, you know, and then somebody said, you don't know, you don't know voodoo, you know, and I said, Charles Lee Ray knows voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if Alex liked that or not because, you know, sure. I think he was being a serious host, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, he's, you know, he, all of them are super sweet and, uh, and that's one of like one of those um things I, I kind of I, I wish I kind of got to meet uh the um uh I think what's her name? The uh uh the mom in it in, in the original um child's play. Oh, um, oh I know I wanna say it was Catherine something. Yeah. Um it's not it's not uh um because she was the mom in seventh heaven. And yeah. um, I would have loved to meet her, um, Catherine Hicks. I would have loved yeah. to meet her, but unfortunately, all I could think it was Cat Catherine Heigl, and I'm like, that's not fucking right. But I was close. No, but okay. she was in a Chucky movie. <laughs> yes, we she watched was. that. We watched that one, uh, Maddie. My favorite. My yeah, favorite. freaking Bride of Chucky too. What? Oh, uh, Bride, Bride Chucky. I, I, I was just saying, saying like as far as the franchise goes, like. 
I know some people are mixed on Brian Chucky. I absolutely loved uh, Brian Chucky. It's I, my favorite of the franchise. It, it's hilarious. I grew up with it. It was one of, you know, I remember having the VHS kind of for Christmas when I was younger. So it's it my was, favorite. Franchise. It was my first time watch when we did it. Because I don't know. I, yeah, think, I forgot that. Yeah. I think I watched like the first three. Uh, when I was younger, you know, and then when Bride of Chucky came around, everybody's talking about how goofy it was, you know, like how different in tone it was. I yeah, think I had lost interest because I thought it was too I silly, love so much. you know. Um, but it's interesting that it got that way after Scream, you know, yeah. because if you think about it, uh, was it uh. Child's Play 3 had a little bit of goofiness, but it was really serious and trying to be scary. And then it hadn't done anything until after Scream came out. And then all of a sudden, it's like this jokey, silly horror thing. And then the tone shift. And I think that was just the way Hollywood was shifting, you know, for horror films. Like, everything sort of became somewhat, you know, silly, you know, like comedy wise and stuff um but you know it was the same writer um uh, to the creator and he did such a wonderful job doing it that the comedy just worked you know um, I mean, a lot of times they try to expand on their characters i mean like look at freddy krueger even i mean like you know freddy started off like as a like just like with chucky uh, like a very serious slasher but then over time uh they became more whimsical more comical exactly to where, to where you're like okay i mean and like i said like you know i mean it's a direction i'm happy some of them are, are taking i'm glad they're not all taking it but i'm happy that some are <laughs> now i mean i really do think this and i think we've we've all probably talked about this at some point even if it wasn't to, to each other but probably uh to somebody but you know, we need a uh, we need a new like iconic killer. Now we got we got we got uh your your boy Victor Crowley. You I'm know, um, and we need more Victor Crowley. How long's it been since the last time he was on screen? Come on, like come on, Adam. Green. Feels like almost ten years. You know, it does. It's been a while. And I then. Like people on there like Perry Shen, uh I mean one of them and like yeah he keeps on teasing uh me that uh just stay tuned Adam's got something on deck. <laughs> uh, he, I'm sure he does. It's just it's sad that it takes him that long because because it's not a studio film, you know? Yeah. If this were a studio film, they would be trying to, you know, crank it out like, you know, tomorrow. But it's unfortunately not. Um uh, terrifier is the other you know art the clown is the other guy but they're not i mean as much as i like victor crowley as much as i like art the clown they're not freddy and they're not jason and i don't know if we'll ever get to that point again where we have like a bunch of iconic characters that could basically you know start their own like you know cinematic universe you know or something where they come, you know, because remember back in the day, um, Jason, you know, Kane Hodder would act in like Wishmaster with Robert England and mm -hmm. and them, and 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 to Hatchet did that too occasionally. Had the actors, you know, who have been in a bunch of different movies, act and 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 be with the thing, but uh, but they never really had like other than Freddy versus Jason, 
they've never really had that many crossovers, you know, or yeah. whatever. And I think I think that's what we're kind of needing right now. We need stuff like that because that would be super awesome, you know, like Jason, Freddie, and Michael. Like, um, I did have a skit once that they're all playing poker, and the only two people talking were Freddie and Chucky, you know, <laughs> like making jokes to each other, you know. But uh, uh, but maybe I should have put Ghostface in there. Ghostface is a great example, but unfortunately, right now they're they're got they got problems. You know, they have a lot of problems. Yeah, um, I there's don't know. A, there's one on the rise. Uh, it's too early to say if it will be or not, but it's got a lot of potential to be a franchise, uh, which is uh, Thanksgiving. I okay. can see that. I haven't seen it yet, so uh, it's very, it, it checks all the boxes uh, that you would want that you would expect it. It's got that whole. <laughs> Done an element, but uh, you know, it is done in that scream, uh, my bloody uh, Valentine remake. I know what you did last summer, kind of style and vein. Um, but what they did differently is their kills are a lot gorier. Uh, but yeah. they're not like well, it's Eli Roth, so I'm not surprised. Exactly, but you know, they're not over the top like stupid, where you're like, oh, that's just an over exaggeration, like you know. His are like they're they're gory, but you're always but you're also like yeah, but yeah, okay, that could definitely be a thing, uh, and that's so hard to watch. <laughs> but I mean, it was uh, my wife and I uh, were really uh, surprised, and like we we both even said that this is probably uh, Thanksgiving was probably our favorite movie of uh, of uh, twenty uh, twenty three. Um, well, I'm I'm worried about it because like yeah, in the horror you know universe of like us you know and people like us uh thanksgiving is talked about i don't hear anybody talking about it aside from us you know and stuff i'm i'm you know when i talk to people that are just not in the film industry not into horror kind of thing and stuff and i they bring up a lot of stuff they do sometimes some people brought up terrifier and I was like, really? And that was because they made that big splash of like Terrifier 2 being on the big screen and like uh, people like fainting in the audience and stuff like that. And, you know, having somebody had a heart attack or something in the in the audience and it made some big news and it was all over the place and stuff like that. And I mean, kind of sad that somebody has to have a heart attack before people take notice to things. But it's, you know, it's a horror film. You know, like it's supposed to scare the shit out of you or at least, you know, like gross you out, you know, um, that was a gimmick and catch up back in like the uh, early days, like with the exorcist. Everyone's like, exorcist, it's going to freak you out. And back in back in that day, oh, it did. I mean, heck, even before that, even psycho, I mean. Poor, uh, 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 poor Norman Bates, man. Uh, you know, uh, man, uh, that uh, that actor got so many hate mails. Uh, oh, really? When, oh, yeah. So many people were were, were 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 petrified to go and use the shower after watching Psycho, and they play and they played poor Anthony for that, and they, they gave him hell for it. And I remember like, seeing the special features. Yeah, it's like it's just chocolate syrup being poured down a drain. <laughs> yeah, because but chocolate back, syrup looked like that. that shit. Yeah, just like Jaws, people were afraid of the water. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I was afraid of the water after Jaws. I'm not gonna lie; like, I got freaked out. 
Well, yeah, or the bathtub now for you. Like, thanks. Yeah, I was going to say a little plug for my movie last I know. I'm just, I'm, you know, I take baths. Like, I took a bath earlier, like, right before the show. So now, thanks. I'm not watching your movie. I'm going to be scared of of going to the <laughs> bathtub. Uh, that's one of my favorite activities. Don't, don't, don't turn me off from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, just when you thought you were safe to go to the bathtub. Um, nope, not at all. No. Uh, Sadly, my movies are more uh, common sense. Like, yeah, you see that guy with the mask and that bloody weapon? Don't go near them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Slash- A little bit more correct. <laughs> Splashers are sort of like, you know, especially in the 80s and 90s, um, they were very much like, you know, cautionary tales. You know, don't don't go, don't, you know, don't have sex you know premarital sex don't uh don't do yeah. drugs you know uh if you do all these things this serial killer is going to come and kill you you know and weirdly enough that actually happened a lot in real life too anyway you know with with people so, there are fucking crazy ass people out there so i mean you know um but uh yeah uh i i to go back to the movie we were reviewing popcorn um I, I do love our little segues and our little, you know, speed speed bumps. But um I this movie uh I think this movie if you haven't seen this movie, people, watch it. It yeah. is it is so much fun. Um us just describing it does not do it justice. Uh the makeup is immaculate, especially with the burned makeup and stuff. He, and putting on the fake faces it just looks so cool. Like I just I loved it. Um uh knowing that Bob Clark did stuff behind us makes me even love it even more. Um me too. I already loved it. And I yeah, I already loved it too, but like uh Christmas story, man. Oh, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh Black Christmas was great too, the original. What? Not not I've the been... new one, not the new one. Uh, oh yeah. Love you, Bill Mouse, but uh yeah. I don't know we what don't you talk. were thinking. <laughs> what are you saying, Michael? We don't talk about that one. <laughs> well, we did on horror film lovers. Uh, you know, was it me? No, it was horror film lover reviews. John Ward and I did, and we went off on it. You know, like I haven't even watched the whole thing. Yeah, it it just gets worse and worse. Like, ah, I was like, I'll finish this later, and never did. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. <laughs> Oh, it, 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 it's got to get better after this. And as, as John just put it, it's like, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, it, um, in, uh, was it in, in Popcorn, just the movie is just so well, well done. As we said, even with all the issues that apparently happened in it, you never know. You would never put it together. Yeah. So you I would just, never know. Yeah. Yeah. But can I talk about the one thing in this movie that bothers me? Okay. Definitely. For some reason, it's that scene when D. Wallace goes to the theater after she gets the phone call from Lanyard Gates, and like the letters on the um, marquee start popping off, and it says "possessor." It's all kind of based in reality, even though it's ridiculous. But that part just seems a bit too much, and for some reason, that scene's always bothered me because I thought it was just a bit much. Wondering your guys' opinions on that. I I agree. I I I was like, really? Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense from even like cool looking, which is it again? 
it's ridiculous as it is, but that doesn't make any sense to me, and it never did, and it's always bothered me for some. What about you, Michael? Did you agree? Do you agree that I that? Agree. I, I was actually thinking because I was wondering uh, when Nine Seven Six Evil came out. Was it around that that same time? I'm wondering if maybe that was them trying to get on that whole paranormal horror train because I knew Nine Seven Six Evil kind of a. Uh, Started that whole little uh, paranormal horror trend, especially because the, uh, 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 the 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 uh, the original was written uh, and directed by uh, Robert England. Yeah, um, so got... yeah, nine seven six evil came out in nineteen eighty eight. So it was a couple years before this, you know. But there, there have been like that kind of stuff. Like, was it Shocker like out like right before this too? You yep, know? I, yeah, Shocker was what nineteen ninety or something. Yeah, so you know, that, that was sort of a thing, like supernatural killer. Yeah, but then that's my biggest problem with this movie is he's not a supernatural killer. He's it's a he's not, just, so it doesn't make any. So that doesn't make any sense. And the also the other part is, isn't she dreaming about a lot of this stuff? You know, and that never really bothered me because maybe it was just like, well, I don't know. I can see but that. But how did how did the guy know about her dreams? Yeah. So there's some things that doesn't make sense. And why like why was he calling the girl and saying he was lanyard, you know, when he obviously wasn't? Like was he just trying to throw everybody cuz like for us the audience is just throwing us off, but in real life what was he what was his whole point, you know, like I yeah. mean I I don't I, I honestly would have liked it better if it were just a killer, you know, just like Toby was just some crazy nut who just went off his rocker and, you know, he wanted to make the movies become real life to him. So he did everything in the order of the way that the movies were, were you know, like electrocute the people and and do the stuff like as if they were the, the real movie and stuff. I would have liked that, you know, because... It would actually become more like Scream, you know, what Scream would become because he would be like, you know, I wanted to make the movies be real, you know, real life. You and know? I was wondering if that was part of the problem, too, is because, you know, we, we now know that it had two different directors. Kind of makes you wonder, was it that one of the directors wanted to go more of a paranormal route and the other one wanted to go more in a grounded, like, you know, uh, killer route? And yeah, maybe. yeah. Maybe because it would have been cooler if he was lanyard, you know, like, mm -hmm. and he was lanyard pretending to be Toby, you know, this yeah. whole time. Yeah, like, I would have, I would have, I would have bought it. Trying you know? to get her back. <laughs> yeah, I would have bought it. I would have been totally down with that. But then you're like, wait, you're some kid that died, like that didn't die, that got burned. Almost died, like your mom died or something. Seven like, years later. Yeah, and now you're you're seeking your revenge now, like, and why? Like, <laughs> you know, like because it's fifteen years later. And what did she have to do with it? She almost died herself. I know she had I, like nothing to do with it. I think the whole point, I, I guess, was people. that she didn't die, you know, originally, but her, but his mom did. That was, you know, that was what I got. From, I don't know. It was, it it had it did have some problems, but all in all, it's still, still still like yeah, it's a near perfect movie. You you can watch this movie 
um I, I, I don't like telling things and, and making them people go, um, you know, oh man, I because uh, I did that once with uh weird science. I ruined a girl's like thing by just saying a fact about the movie. And so maybe I'm gonna ruin somebody else's thing with this because I'm gonna say it. But Ian my uh Mitchell or whatever, um the the kid from the you know, not who's not uh Anthony Michael Hall, but the other kid in yeah. the movie is mm -hmm. actually fifteen when they shot that movie, you know. Uh so he was a minor who had a makeout scene with a thirty something year old woman. Now I think about that somewhere anyway. And yeah, and I read about that and I thought, oh, well, I mean, you know, and I told my friend that and she like was like, oh, my God, now I hate this movie because <laughs> she was like, that's just gross to me <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Later uh, this year, I talked to her when she came back to visit and I talked to her. And she said she actually has now turned back around and still loves that movie. Good. But uh, but it's like one of those things I didn't mean to. I was just saying a fact yeah. about the movie. But <laughs> You have heard a lot of them. Like I actually remember one. Like it was something that I never even thought of until it came up on on a TV shows. Actually, on The Big Bang when they did the episode of uh, Indiana Jones uh, and the Lost Ark, where they pretty much where, where, where Amy pointed out that like yeah, Indiana Jones's character is absolutely pointless. And I was like, no, no, he's not pointless. He goes, no, he really is. Like the Nazis still got the Ark. They still opened it. They still did everything he tried to stop and prevent. Still came to fruition regardless so his role in this was pointless yep. <laughs> it couldn't happen they couldn't have a solid argument to get back to her i mean technically you can't argue that you know like if if indy hadn't been there the, the people still would have gone to do they still would have captured got the money they still would have got to the ground they still would have had their faces burned off you know like no matter what he had nothing to do with anything um <laughs> you know because he took the ark at the end and he shipped it to a warehouse so he's a glorified ups ship, uh, ship yep, that's it that's it that's all he did <laughs> that's so funny um what uh so um the other thing that i was like thinking about was you guys ever watched that 1990s movie my father the hero yep yeah you know how gross that is now to like look back at uh -oh, it yeah that movie could not be made today it because it was not as cringy when I watched it. And now after you talking to you, John, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it was considered adorable. You know, it's like, oh, look at look at that father. He, he'll do anything for his daughter because he because he loves her so much, you know, but, you know, but, you know, it's the timing and the mentality. Like, no, you know, it, it was it was the fact that she lied and said that he was her lover. That is so disgusting. Why would you do that? Even at 15 years old, why would you say your father is your lover? Like, I, you know, and everything like that. And then he's singing songs about little girls. Oh, I love the movie. I still love the movie. I don't know. But we did it for Hollywood Knockbusters, me and uh, Dustin. And we we're like, this is Dustin Hubbard. We we're just like, this is, <laughs> this is a hard movie to rewatch, you know, because of that. And, um, but it has some great scenes, and Steve Miner is still one of my favorite directors. And oh, yeah. um, you know, so I I I do adore it, but it's 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 like one of those movies when I was a kid, I loved it. I thought it was the funniest movie. I didn't even yeah. know who Katherine Heigl was. I just like 
I just knew that movie was great. And then I rewatched it and I go, it doesn't hold up as well as like, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead or something. Yeah, of course. That movie will be like the hot. I told Danielle Harris once that that was my favorite movie that she's ever been in. She said it was hers too. No, Aww. wait. No. La, la, uh, no, I think it was that one. Yeah. Because I love that movie. I want to say that or Last Boy Scout, but I think it was that because I didn't like Last Boy Scout as much. Um, it must, be, think, must have been before you talked to her. When you talked to her, it must have been before she started doing the Hatchet series. It wasn't <laughs> actually, but I think she says that. I think, I think she says it's her favorite too to every movie that she, you know, Probably. that she does. Yeah. So, I mean, she's not going to go, oh, yeah, I don't. Well, actually, I, I will tell you, there was a famous actor, I'm not going to say who, and I'm not going to say what it was, but a famous actor that I talked to, and I gave him a copy of a movie that um, I bought from Brad Twig of uh, Fuzzy Monkey, and I bought oh. a movie that was of this guy's, and I went to have him sign it, and he goes, oh man, that's the worst movie I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? And he was like, uh, yeah, man. And he told me this whole story. He was like, the script was great. I was so excited we got there, and they completely changed everything on me. Oh, you know, and I was like, "Fuck, that sucks." So, you it know, ha I mean, it, it happens, and literally, I think you can walk away if that happens. You know, you can say, "I don't, I don't want to do this anymore." You know, <laughs> you know, like because you can't. Yeah, I mean, your contract is for that movie, you know, or whatever. If you change things in the script. And it's whatever. I think it's just that's just terrible, uh, you know, producing. All right, everybody. I think we talked enough about this movie and other stuff because we always go on little little rants and little raves. But um, yeah, and with three right. people, it goes even longer. Uh, yes, generally. So, uh, but thank you, Michael, for joining us. We really appreciate you coming out here. Um, I don't know if we'll have a special guest next month. But it is going to be Maddie's choice. Um, yes. so do you want to tell everybody what you picked? Yeah, I picked uh, The Last Gasp, which I just got in vinegar syndrome. And mm. I was like, oh, this was made. And I think it said 95. I really 95. don't know anything about it. I've never seen it. So Neither I, I, but it had a great cast. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. I can't, you know. Neither one of us have seen it. So it's going to be a fun review to do. Have you seen it on Mike? I actually, I have not. I was actually I was like, huh, I don't think I've seen it either. I was, I was like, I'm going to have to put that in my list. It was uh, The Last Gas. Yeah. yeah, Last Gas. It's on Tubi. Oh, okay. I got like, from the Vinegar Syndrome, you know, uh, subscriber sale, whatever. It was super cheap. And I was like, why not? It's funny. She picks stuff that's on Tubi. And sometimes I do, but I didn't for this one. This was not on Tubi. I thought it was, but it was not. It was... Uh, but everybody had a copy of it. I'm guessing, you know. I do. I own VHS and Blu-ray. Did Did you? Which one did you watch to rewatch this? Blu-ray. The Blu-ray. Okay. It looked great. Um, on my 4K television. VHS, actually, I think in October because I watch it every October. It's one of my October watches. Uh, what about you, Michael? What did you watch it on? Oh, I, uh, which one? The, the the popcorn. The one we just uh, did. <laughs> watched it on uh dvd oh okay DVD. yeah i i would uh i would love a 4k of this i don't know if there is one um again i know that cutting class just got a 4k mvd oh. yep 
I'm gonna have to grab that one. Like I, I, I don't even have a copy of of a kind class, but I need a copy because I do actually like that movie a lot. It's a great movie, Brad Pitt. Yeah. I have, I have the uh, oh, syndrome one, you know, of yeah. it, and so I need the, I need the MV, <clears throat> MVD. But it's always weird when another distributor distributes it in a different format, you know. I know. Because I'm like. MVD. Or, releases a lot of vinegar syndrome stuff and like jack frost and whatever but... yeah weird you know right because like yeah. uh vinegar syndrome puts out a lot of trauma stuff you know they, yeah they did i just got the next zombies from them well that's from a sub label but whatever oh yeah uh, that's right i man um uh ed bishop who worked on that and everything um keeps contacting me about I mean, he wanted to do a an interview with me and Pericles, um, and stuff, and I just I haven't uh, I haven't we haven't set that up yet. But he was like, "I love the last time you, me, and Pericles chatted about redneck zombies," and I'm like, "Gotta do it again," you know, because I I I love uh I I absolutely adored redneck zombies. I need to watch it again. I need to own it. I don't think I own it on on uh, Blu-ray yet. Um. I have it on D- a DVD somewhere. I have my, a DVD. My I'm trauma bad. version. Do it for my uh, for that trauma uh, blood bank uh, pack. <laughs> I don't have uh, that yeah. one. I have the regular pack, like a regular DVD of a release of it. But they had a was the blood bank pack. Oh, uh, I, I, it's actually a big giant ten. I mean, it's got yeah, something. Yeah. I think it's like uh, it's got like fifty or sixty trauma movies on it. What? But, it's it's it, but it, it's a mixed bag. I'll, I'll I'll tell you like you know there's some really good gems on there, and then there's a lot of those obscure ones where like you know like you could just tell like the lighting is just beyond horrible where you're squinting half the time trying to see what's happening, or the audio is just so bad where you're like, oh I'm I'm gonna try to muster through this, but you guys are really putting my uh, dedication to to the limit. <laughs> um, Rebecca and I Lexi's. Sorry, there was Toxie's Blood Bank, and there was, like, Toxie's Top 10, maybe. That's the one I have, and it came in a 10. His Newly Deads is in there, and um, Dead Dudes in the House, and some other stuff. Um, and a lot of them go to Vinegar Syndrome for Blu-ray yep. releases. So, like, uh, I think Dead Dudes in a House, and and Blood Hook, and a couple oh, of the other ones. Um, we reviewed Blood Hook for 80s horror films. I'm really looking forward, uh, so... Uh, for people who are listening, who are checking out the Indie Film Cafe Network, Rebecca and I will be recording on Valentine's Day. You know, was not expecting that. Um, because she was like, "Oh, I can do Wednesday," and I was like, "Wednesday's Valentine's Day. Are you, are you okay?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, I can do it." You know, right after work, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I guess I don't know what her and Rob are planning to do for Valentine's Day, but whatever, not my, not my problem. Uh, she wants to podcast. Yeah, and we're gonna be reviewing the stuff, so I can't oh, wait for that. Good one. What that that's... is a good. Um, so we had recorded that for horror film lovers, like that was the first podcast we had ever done, and unfortunately, it got lost. It's somewhere. I don't know where it is. Like I don't know, I I don't know where it went, and uh, and I'm really upset about that because it it was like one of the last podcasts I did before I moved to LA you know and stuff oh. so like 
it was a big deal of like I got people together to record stuff at my house and I was so excited and we were, we did record it, you know, and then I don't know where it went. <laughs> I, I don't know if it ever got on somewhere or if it's just lost, you know, or whatever. But the point being that, um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, you know, Rebecca, I was looking for something to do with Rebecca and I was like, Oh, I saw the stuff was on Tubi, so I, I, I thought I owned the stuff, and I don't. And I'm, like, fucking killing myself for that and beating myself up because that's a classic film. And I, I need to own it. But, um, so anyway, I'm gonna own it, I'm own that at some point, but I'm gonna watch it on Tubi and we're gonna review it, and I can't wait because it's, uh, it's still one of those movies I can watch over and over again and not get bored of. Um, so just like this movie, I, I could probably watch this in, you know, over and over again. It it doesn't feel like you need to watch it at like at Halloween, but you can watch it then. Or, you know, you can watch it in the summer, you can watch it in the spring. It doesn't matter because it's always good. Yeah. So everybody go watch popcorn, buy it from Synapse because A, it looks beautiful. I was uh I was just in awe of how it looked. And B, it's just fun. And I want to listen to the commentary too, because you know now I just want to dive into the Blu-ray because there's just so much cool shit in it. You know, it sounds like. Um, so with that being said, everybody, join us next month where we're going to be talking about um, the Last Gasp, and uh, and thank you, Michael. I'm sure we'll have you back on again. You know, um, I I'm, I don't know what for yet, but I'm sure we'll find you. And you can join me and uh uh Michael. Michael's still gotta pick one for next month for his. So you I know. do. Yeah. I don't have a clue what he's gonna pick because it's anything uh -oh. from two thousands up to uh below the eighties, you know, and down. So and we've already done Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So I don't know what else he'll plan to do. But um, I'm sure he'll have something fun for us. Um, but until then, everybody, uh, join join us next month for a brand new episode of 90s Horror. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.